Golden Dale, and hello to all of my fellow liberty-loving Americans all across the fruited plains from sea to shining sea. This is the host who loves it the most, Luke Throop here, back in the saddle on another magical, maniacal Monday morning. It's going to be a, a mindful Monday morning, friends, because we need to be mindful of the risk of extinction. Torch Report 297, the risk of extinction. The threat is real, and once these precious relics are gone, they're gone for good. We're at risk of losing everything but <laughs> uh let's just start out with a nice deep breath shall we <sighs> be glad that you woke up today in a home that was still in one piece not in the rubble of a 7.8 magnitude earthquake uh shaking halfway around the globe of course lots of atrocity there lots of terrible things happening all over the world at least you're not huffing the toxic fumes of a smoldering train wreck there's so much to be grateful for it's monday and so I, I just want to start the week off right by not talking about the Chinese weather balloon that flew over the United States, sending surveillance data to China for days before Biden got up the pluck uh, or caved to the pressure to shoot it down. I don't care. I don't want to talk about that. You know, it's the first Monday of a new month, which is monumental in its own right. How's 2023 treating you? You know, and, and since it's the first Monday of a new month, let's just skip all the crap about Trump and Biden squaring off in 2024. You know, let's skip the crap about Chris Christie's gloomy prediction that Trump would actually lose to Biden if there was a rematch. Does anybody believe that crap? You know, whatever farcical lies Biden may or may not be set to roll out on Tuesday, State of the Union. You know, all this five alarm political crisis about people no longer trusting the corrupt political establishment. I don't want to talk about any of it. It's all crap. No, friends. Instead, I would like to focus not on the political circus of the day, but let's turn our attention to the impending calamity, the existential threat of extinction, which, according to the radical fanatical environmentalists, is suddenly upon us. I saw this out of the headlines. And I thought, you gotta be kidding me. But it does point to the bigger issue, and that's what we're going to focus on today. So evidently, this week, maybe not last week, but this week, the climate crisis is suddenly so bad that the experts are now suggesting Miami should start preparing for evacuation. You better get ready to get out. Grab your swimsuit and start uh, start heading inland because you're going to fall off into the ocean. I, you know, going to go the way of the polar bear. I don't know what these people are thinking, but they're actually promoting that in mainstream media. Okay. They're talking about this on reputable publications like foxnews.com. Miami needs to begin to prepare for evacuation because of the climate crisis. Oh my gosh. And if they do that, then they will be leading by example and they will force other municipalities across the country to get serious about climate change. You see the whole country needs to get serious about climate change. If you don't recall from last Friday, Kim Cobb was all falling all over herself and, and slobbering and sobbing and couldn't take care of her children because people weren't concerned about climate change. You know, it's it's a big deal. People are, you know, gluing themselves to the tarmac and all kinds of stupid stuff because they're concerned about climate change. We have to get serious about climate change. Luke, we got to get serious about it. You know, now, while we could and we should be mocking these people, mocking them in the public square. Shame them every chance you get. Fools, pull your head out of your ass. But uh, <laughs> I want to take a little bit different tact here. We need to do that without forgetting 
that these people are in fact deadly serious. Okay. They're not only are they deadly serious, they are currently running the show. It is the radical fanatical environmental agenda that's running the show from the UN sustainable development goals all the way down to the local policies. Okay. That's what's happening right now. So when I see them saying they're actually floating the idea of preparing to evacuate Miami, you have to see how far this psychosis has come. You would think that's so outrageous. Everybody would just fall out of their chair laughing and say, no, this is the stupidest thing ever. And don't get me wrong. There's plenty of people that see it for what it is, but do not lose sight of the fact that there is a large percentage of people that have been conditioned into the cult of collective, the, the, the radical environmental cult. I can't remember the guy's name. He was he was in the with the company that's shooting particles up into the atmosphere to block out the sun. And they joke, we're part environmental activists and part cult. No, you are 100 percent a cult. This is completely detached from reality. You know, why not just drink the Kool-Aid and wait for the spaceship to come save the planet or something? Because I don't want you blocking out the sun. I don't think that's a good idea. And I don't want your radical, fanatical environmental policies to rule over and dictate every aspect of my life. And yet that is what they're pushing for by using these alarming headlines about the climate crisis and having to evacuate Miami. You know, to force municipalities all across the country to get serious about climate change. Now. Not only are these people acting out of a psychotic fear of destroying the planet, which is not scientifically based, by the way. You know, they can cook the books and make up whatever numbers they want, but it's not scientifically based. You know, there. Matter of fact, I was at a, uh, I was at a conference over the weekend, a great conference put on by Western Liberty Network. All kinds of outstanding uh, speakers and presenters there, talking about everything from the CRT and and the crap and the climate stuff. And it there was a one guy. Let's see if I actually had the paperwork in here. Where is it at? I know I had it somewhere. Ruffle, ruffle, shuffle, shuffle. Uh, at any rate, talking about how the Science that they're using to justify the radical environmental policies are, in fact, uh, it's bunk. It's junk science. It does not add up. It is in no way congruent with actual scientific study or rigorous academic debate. You know, that no, nobody agrees on this stuff except for the fanatics who are running the show right now. At any rate, uh, they believe they have an unshakable conviction that they have a moral imperative to reduce the human population. You have to come to grips with what that means. People believe sincerely that they have the moral imperative to reduce the human population to a sustainable level. And they don't give a damn what you think about it. You know, they have to they have to build national and international consensus around their bogus science for these monomaniacal ideas. You know, the only way to save the planet is by reducing the population. It's a singular focus. Hence the cult mindset. But these people are very well organized and they're very well funded, which makes them a force to be reckoned with. Not just the fact that they're effing crazy, but the fact that they're out there pushing this agenda day and night all around the globe. And, you know, at this point, not only are they advocating people flee from the glistening coastal cities like Miami, you know, you might recall that last week, Joe Biden, he was out there floating a plan to convince people to stay home. Don't even leave your home. You know, uh, we need to go back to the to the pandemic level of lockdown, essentially to save the planet. Uh, you know, don't don't destroy the planet by leaving your house. If you can just do everything virtually and digitally and all of this, this is part 
of the 88-page U.S. National Blueprint for Transportation Decarbonization, which I'll say, I'm just reading right here. I put the link there in the Torch Report, friends. Uh, it, it, I'm going to read right here from their vision statement right in the front of the thing. It's a cast this ominous vision. They say, and I quote, the transportation sector is now the largest source of greenhouse gas emissions in the United States, contributing to the climate crisis that is worsening quality of life in cities, towns and rural communities throughout America. Emissions from the transportation sector also contribute to poor air quality. We're going to get to that poor air quality in a minute again. Uh, but in the United States, these effects disproportionately impact underserved and disadvantaged communities you know to address the climate crisis then we must eliminate nearly all greenhouse gas emissions from the sector by 2050 end quote okay okay we know they're pushing their 2030 un sustainable development goals and then i've been talking a lot about how they're planning on 2050 so they're looking at reducing all greenhouse gas emissions from the transportation sector by 2050. Now, you know that logistically, logically, mathematically speaking, that's not possible, just to be real clear on that. But they don't quite see it that way because they've you know drank the Kool-Aid and they believe their own bunk science. But this national blueprint for the transportation decarbonization is going to upend every element of the economy and of your life. And that's just part of the plan. So they're claiming this is going to be a whole-of-government approach that leverages public-private partnerships just like the rest of their commie schemes to centralize control of our lives into the hands of a bunch of unelected bureaucrats. That's what it's all about, control and power. You know, Not surprisingly, in this report, after lamenting business as usual, oh, Jesus, damn capitalists are destroying everything, you know, uh, they, the report indicates that and this is a direct quote, macroeconomic changes, new technologies and behavioral drivers will influence future passenger and freight travel in major ways. Really? What are these macroeconomic changes, new technologies and behavioral drivers? Could it be the weaponization of AI and algorithmic social interventions and the controlling of public emerging perceptions with sentinel surveillance? Probably, you know, but as far as the macroeconomic changes and the new technologies, these are nothing less than the components of a digital economy. That's straight out of the report. How are they going to save the planet? They're going to give us a digital economy with, you know, digital currency and our digital ID. And that way, you know, we can't leave our house and do anything that we want to do unless we comply. That's, you know, basically what it amounts to. And all of this, these components of the digital economy are currently being, you know, slow rolled. They're being implemented kind of slowly in the back where people aren't paying attention, implemented with little public notice. And the digital economy which is based on the digital currency. This is going to be a boon for the environment, but it's going to be a major blow to liberals. So it's going to be a major boon for the tyrants. It's going to be just like China. Remember when the WEF says that China is like a role model. They've got, you know, uh, digital IDs and digital currencies and all this great stuff. We're going to be just like China and we're going to have our own, you know, inescapable socialist surveillance state that attracts us and gives us a social credit score based on how compliant we are. You know, that is the farthest thing from the American dream, but that is where we're headed and we're getting there fast. You know, that's what these behavioral drivers are really all about. 
you know, you think about um, if you want to understand how these guys think about behavioral drivers, it's not just the controlling emerging perceptions and all that. That's a big part of it. Uh, you, you know, by controlling the flow of information and what people see. But the, the other part of it, if you think about, say, for example, you know, exorbitant tolls being placed on every interstate. If you want to get on the interstate and go see your family, you're going to have uh, an exorbitant toll just electronically yanked out of your bank account. You know, meaning you can't drive and go anywhere without being penalized financially. You're going to get penalized for driving more than your allotted number of miles. If you go more than 100 miles in any given month or any given year, then you're destroying the planet and you're going to be penalized accordingly. And if you can think about it like that, you get a uh, a feel or for the gist of where this is headed. But, uh, you know, just kind of, you know, peering a little bit deeper into all of these shenanigans, note that the report laments the fact that climate change has rebounded to pre-pandemic levels, okay? There, there's all this talk about, oh my gosh, it was it was so wonderful when we had the great pandemic and everybody was locked down and businesses were shuttered and people were losing their jobs and they couldn't see their loved ones. It, we, we were doing so much for the planet and now we're getting back to pre-pandemic levels and oh my God, we need to go back to the lockdowns again. That's what there is implied. You know, it's implied. The, the mindset is there. So they're lamenting that we're getting back to pre-pandemic levels of activity and productivity and going about our lives like normal human beings. They don't want that. And so there are, not just myself, there are some other astute observers who are keen to point out the possibility that at some point they simply might decide to lock us down just to save the planet. And I'm going to read a little excerpt here uh, coming from hotair.com. I'm sorry, no, the Gateway Pundit. And it says here, it says, I, can, I can't shake the feeling that this brings us one step closer to a declared climate emergency. You can, you can, you know, can all stay locked down in your homes voluntarily to save the polar bears, or we can declare an emergency and lock you down like we did in COVID. Okay, that probably sounds like tinfoil hat territory to some of you, but is it really? Back during the early days of the lockdowns, social distancing rules and the rest of it, you know, that the rest of the madness. Says the author, I was warning people about this. Like they, they assume they have the authority to lock us down. And I would say that's an end quote, kids. That, that was an excerpt. Their words, not mine. But I agree. So hundred, you know, 100 percent agree. And I'm glad that I'm not the only one pointing out, you know, where all of this is headed. Yes, they assume they have the authority to lock us down and, you know, they can declare a climate emergency. And as you're going to see here in just a second, they already have. Okay, they already have. This is the one agenda to rule them all. We've discussed how the officials have long celebrated the pandemic, you know, and how the pandemic was good for the environment. You know, maybe that's why they planned it. I don't know. Geez, you know. But back in Torch Report 82, uh, impending doom and what happens next? I, that was almost a year ago that uh, that report came out. But I I, that's when I first pointed out how Klaus Schwab had already connected COVID-19 and the Great Reset to the radical environmental agenda, says Schwab. While for a pandemic, a majority of citizens will tend to agree with the necessity to impose coercive measures. They will resist constraining policies in the case of environmental risks where the evidence can be disputed. Now, that's a direct quote out of his book. He's saying people are going to resist the constraining environmental policies, but hey, they kind of played along with the pandemic because they agreed to the necessity of coercive measures, you know. 
From that, we extrapolate the fact that the globalist plan to deal with all this resistance to constraining policies is simply to declare that it's an emergency. If it's an emergency, then people are going to agree with the necessity to impose coercive measures. And in that report, I cited the World Health Organization doing just exactly that. The WHO declared back then that air pollution was to be deemed a public health emergency along with all the emergency powers that that entails. According to the WHO, 90% of the world's population breathes air that fails to meet its safety guidelines, causing premature death of 7 million people each year and prompting the organization to qualify air pollution as a public health emergency. Wow, these guys, they're so damn altruistic. They don't want, you know, 7 million people each year dying from premature death that could have been prevented. We could prevent death, unnecessary death, if we can just declare a public health emergency and make sure nobody can leave their damn house. You know, that's <laughs> that's why the U.S. government's blueprint to decarbonize transportation places so much emphasis on the fact, A, that you're not supposed to leave your home, and B, that walking, biking, and taking public transportation uh, is the only way to go. They fell, by the way under the safety and quality of life section. And it, it, it's safety because walking, biking, and rolling <laughs> are safer than driving a car. You know, if you, you just fall over on your rollerblades, you're not going to get hurt as much as you drive a car. So you see cars are not safe. Therefore, we got to get rid of the cars and you need to walk and bike and roll your way down to the bus station where you can hang out with the crackheads while you're hopping, you know, getting ready to hop the train. Now, uh, you know, plus, of course, it helps to save the planet by reducing air pollution. Now, that's why in America, according to this blueprint to decarbonize transportation, they're, inv they're investing so much money in this initiative. They call it active transportation infrastructure. What is active transportation infrastructure? Well, it's not paving an eight-lane freeway, friends. It's paving a new bike path so that you can get from point A to point B <laughs> by busting your own ass. You know, anyway, anyway, friends, it's a central tenet under the broader sustainable development scheme. And I want to just connect that dots. It's globalist UN sustainable development goals are impacting. They are driving. It is the blueprint of the U.S.'s blueprint to decarbonize transportation. They're not making this stuff up. Okay, it's coming from on high, and it's coming to a town near you. I guarantee it, you know? I mean, it sounds good, though, right? Like, Luke, come on, what's the big deal? They're going to save the planet. You know, they're going to keep people safe. Why are you always talking about this crap, you know? You know, why not just do what they suggest? Why not just hang up the keys and forego the urge to roam freely about the Earth, rampaging the planet with our gas-guzzling, carbon-emitting mechanical chariots? You know, oh my gosh, we can't do that. We have to be woke. We have to wake up to this new new way of looking at things. And I'm, I, there's no doubt in my mind, that's surely what all the good humans will do. They will hang up their keys and they'll do it voluntarily because that's just what good humans do. You do what you're told, you know. You want to be a good human, don't you? Well, I'm just following the law. Oh, that's great. The law says bend over and stick your head up your ass, you know. Go ahead and follow the law, you know. That's what all the behavioral drivers are all about, following the law, convincing people to play along and punishing them if they don't. You know, if you're if you're still unsure about all of this on good human business, you know, rest assured, friends, that there are constraining policies that will be designed to coerce you into compliance. Keep in mind 
that this is all coming out of this horse's mouth. You know, I'm not making this up. I'm not saying they're going to come up with constraining policies to coerce you. That's what Klaus Schwab said. Of course, he adds the slight twist that the globalists intend for you to agree with the coercion. <laughs> You're going to agree to be coerced into doing what we say or else, you know, which, of course, is completely oxymoronic. Now, friends, I just noticed uh, uh, a little late. Uh, going to be a little long here and I'm a little bit late getting this out, but I think it's important to emphasize it's Monday. And, you know, just to frame everything, because when you see the crap going on in the headlines, you're like, this doesn't really seem like it matters. You're right. It doesn't matter. It's because it's smoke and mirrors and they're pushing this bigger, you know, oxymoronic agenda, this insane environmental agenda. So Klaus Schwab, he goes on to say that the you know COVID crisis can't go to waste because now is the time we have to enact the environmental sustainable development policies. And he claims that the population needs to be spurred by a different narrative. And that's what I'm trying to do here is to spur a different narrative, that these people are freaking nuts and their science doesn't add up. They're a bunch of quacks. But, you know, ultimately the government is being spurred by this narrative and the government, he says the government should be emboldened by the new social conscience that is being pushed by activists, okay? So activists go out there and they start running their mouth. Oh my gosh, the sky is falling, climate change. And that gets people conscious of climate change. And then that spurs a different narrative. And then all hell breaks loose and they think that they can do whatever the hell they want with us, you know, like our lives and our sovereignty no longer matter. That's the reality of the situation. But Schwab says that this is, this is a moment that must be seized to take advantage of this unique window of opportunity to resign, redesign a more sustainable economy for the greater good of society. Do you believe that? You know, do you believe it? They're connecting the environmental crisis with the COVID crisis, like I've been talking about. And now we're going to be led by a bunch of enlightened leaders, uh, you know, who are going to make their stimulus packages conditional upon green commitments straight out the book, you know, enlightened leaders. Oh my gosh. I wonder if Kim Cobb, qualifies as an enlightened leader. You know, that that uh, pathetic, psychotic, sobbing mother who couldn't even take care of her children because Trump got elected. You know, now she's an intelligence advisor for Biden. You know, she's a frothing at the mouth environmentalist. Does that mean that she's an enlightened leader? You know, are the morons who think that we should evacuate Miami, are they enlightened leaders? How about those idiots who are shooting particles into the atmosphere to block out the sun? Are they enlightened leaders? How about the enlightened leaders who recently met in Montreal for, for the Convention of Biological Diversity? Okay, they declared that human-induced extinction can only be haunted by imposing their radical agenda on the whole entire world. Are they the enlightened leaders that we should listen to? Evidently so, friends. I don't know. That's what's driving the news cycle here. That's what's driving the policy, whether you agree with them or not. You see, my friends, this radical environmental agenda is a first step in resetting our relationship with the natural world. That's what they said in Montreal. It's the first step in resetting our national relationship, resetting our relationship with the natural world. And lest you casually dismiss these nut jobs as fringe quacks, please understand that the entire United Nations system is geared to support the implementation of such radical, fanatical policies. And they say that it's so that we can truly make peace with nature. Yay! It kind of reminds me of something I read one time. Big thing etched in stone at the end. He said, you know, reduce the human population to like 500 million and then leave room for nature. Leave room for nature, friends. If you don't know about the whole plan to depopulate planet Earth, you need to brush up. I did put a link there at the bottom of the Torch Report, uh, Torch Report 160, needling the thread of truth. It's all there, friends. In a, in a nutshell, these people are nuts. And it's time we talk about this insanity by calling these so-called enlightened leaders for what they are. <laughs> a bunch of commies trying to take over the world and depopulate the Earth. At any rate, friends, 
friends. A little long today. That is the message of my heart for today. If we don't rise up and immediately remove these people from positions of power, their lunacy very well may lead to the death of us all. Or at the very least, uh, it's going to solidify the extinction of free will and everything good about life as we know it. And that is the message of my heart for today. Friends, if you're enjoying this podcast, please take the time to find that little heart on the app or on the website. Click that heart. Give me some love. Subscribe if you have not subscribed already. Of course, the greatest honor of all is if you share this podcast with everyone you know. Get out there and embrace this magical, maniacal Monday, friends, and I'll look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you.